Man. right into preaching tonight. If Is this on? Can you? Okay. Can you hear me? Oh, some can. Okay. There we go. <clears throat> tonight, tonight, this is the uh, message, <clears throat> more than, more than, and it's out of Romans chapter 8. Verse 37, familiar verse of Scripture, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. We are more. Now I want you to say this with me tonight. I am more. We are more than our past. We are more than our pain. We are more than our history. We are more than our upbringing. We are tonight, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are more than our greatest successes and more than our greatest failures. We are more than the greatest thrill that we've ever felt, and we're more than the greatest hurt we've ever felt. Tonight in Jesus, we are more than our education, We're more than our degrees or our lack of degrees. Graduated first grade. More than our social status, right? More than our race or color. We're more than being black, white, red, brown, and all the shades in between. We are even more than Republican Democrat, Green Party, Independent, or none of the above. (laughs) Tonight, we are more than anything anyone has ever done to us. We are more. I want you to say it again tonight. I am more. We are way more than what the devil says we are. 
See, the enemy, Satan, tries to tell us we are less than. This was the original lie. This is what he whispered in the Eve's ear in the Garden of Eden. He called into question who she was, what she had. He said, if you will only eat of this fruit, then you can become more than you are. I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you will be like God. Now, in a sense, she was already like God. She wasn't God, but she had been created in the image of God, and he lied to her, trying to make her feel that she was less than to take of that forbidden fruit. And when she ate of that, the only thing she was not supposed to eat of, trying to become more than, then she actually became far less than, didn't she? And then Adam and then the whole human race through sin. There are times where we may feel less than others. There are times where we may feel that we have uh, become less than what we thought we would become. But I have some good news for all of us tonight. I came with an, with an inspiration to encourage us, and that is we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are, we are more than our flaws. We are more than our appearance. We're more than our size. We're more than our weight. We're more than our height. We're more than our hairstyle or lack thereof. We are more than the doctor's report. We are more than our bank balance. We are more than our current circumstances. One more time, say it, I am more. Now, this being true, why do we feel so limited? And I believe that, that sometimes it's because of what others have said to us, possibly even from the past. I uh, have always had a bit of the perfectionist in me, I think that's kind of been driven out by uh, time and maybe God's help and age and things like that. But anyway, I, I, in my early years, really did wrestle with uh, doing everything just, you know, absolutely perfect. And this was true in, in school. Uh, my mom had, uh, uh, she was an artist. Uh, she'd, she wasn't a professional artist, but she was very gifted, very talented in art, and taught art lessons uh, uh, to students uh, for a number of years, and she was known in our hometown for that. And one time in first grade, I've, I've told stories about my first grade teacher, Miss Smith. Miss Smith, yes. The hiss is intended there. Uh, <coughs> Miss Smith, in, in the first grade, she told us to, to draw a, a picture out of a, a story that we had read in class one, one day, and so I uh, was uh, with my pencil and the, and the paper there trying to draw this 
picture, but I was trying, you know, I just wanted it to be perfect. And so I kept drawing and kept messing up and erasing it and drawing and erasing it, and time kept passing. And now panic was setting in on me because I realized other kids were finishing their drawings, and I hadn't got hardly anything but a squiggly line there trying to do it just perfectly. And after a good period of time, Miss Smith came up, and she looked at me and snarled and grabbed my pencil, and she goes, here, give me that. And she just took my paper and drew this stupid-looking picture on it and threw my pencil down, and then she said, and your mother is an artist. I know, I anticipated your, oh, you know, that poor little kid, huh? <laughs> and so the, the worst part of it was I was in first grade, and our first grade class, after we did our drawings, were supposed to stand out in the hallway, and the sixth graders in our school were going to pass by, and we were going to show them the pictures we had drawn. And so I'm absolutely humiliated standing in the hallway with this stupid-looking picture that she had drawn. And this one sixth-grader came by me and patted me on the shoulder, and he goes, you know, that's not bad for a little guy. And I, and I was thinking in my head, yeah, more like not bad for a mean old lady, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and your mother is an artist. But we are more than what others have said about us, aren't we? I grew up to be a famous artist with, the, with the shows at the Met in New York City. It's not really half, even partially true. Never was really good at art. But I will say this, I became no doubt more than what Miss Smith ever thought I would. And sometimes we feel limited by the labels that other people put on us. One of the great things about getting saved is that we get a whole brand new label. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are not what other people have labeled us as, and we are especially not what the devil may try to label us. You know that old, uh, once a drug addict, always a drug addict. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Uh, once a sleazy person, always a sleazy person. And you're, you're branded by a label, but we are more than any kind of label anyone or the devil would try to put on us because we are in him. And so, again, tonight, you know, I'm not trying to just do the motivational speaker thing, but I am trying to inspire us tonight that we are not what other people have said about us. We are not even what we may try to think about ourselves in and of ourselves, but it is through Him. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Us plus us might amount to very little, but us plus Jesus will amount to more than what we could have ever imagined. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, But as it is written, eye has not seen, 
nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. There is so much more that God has for us and to work through us, and we need to attack the mindset that tells us we are less than. We are more than what other people may have said about us. Tonight, we are, if you're here and you're wrestling with an addiction, you are more than your addiction through Christ. Through Him, the Bible says, we become more than a conqueror. So that being true, we want to look at how, how to walk in more. And when I talk about walking in more, I'm not talking about just doing more or, or having more, but seeing who we are in Christ and that we are more. We need to, to recognize it, and this is so important, if we recognize who we are, we'll be more than we were. If we recognize who we are, we'll be more than we were. This is what uh, Philemon in verse 6 is saying, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, did you catch that tonight? As we are in Christ, we have good things in us. All of us. God has put good things in us. Now, I know Paul wrote, and he says that in me, but he clarifies, in my flesh there is no good thing. And there may be in us innately nothing good, but when we get born again, something great is put in our lives, and that is the Spirit of the living God. And we need to begin to acknowledge every good thing which is in us in Christ. Now, there are several things I want to just touch on tonight that will help us walk in being more. And the first is used in real estate all the time, and it is location, location, location. A, a piece of property's value is judged primarily or largely on its location. I have some property, Cindy and I have some property in Golden Valley, <clears throat> but it is not off the highway. It's on the byway. It's really on the way out byway. And the truth is, the, the, the only positive thing right at this moment about that piece of property is the, the property taxes are pretty low. But if you go on Stockton Hill Road and try to pick up a piece of property, that value of that property is going to be extremely, very much higher than my way out in the byway piece of property in Golden Valley. You know why? Location, location, location. Location is important. When Cindy and I go to Henderson to shop at the mall and we're looking for a particular store, 
you know what we do? We look at the map. And because we uh, each are uniquely disadvantaged in our ability to get from point A to point B, we both are that way. It's just, it's just that. And so what we do, if we want to get where we are going, first of all, we have to locate ourselves. And I appreciate that little red arrow on the map that says, you are here. Thank you, mall map. And when we find out and locate ourselves where we are, then we can usually get to where we are going. Now, my point in saying that is to move forward in our lives as believers, we have to locate ourselves and know where we are. And thank God the Bible locates us. It tells us that we are in Christ. Somebody say, in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11, in the message version, it says it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. It is in Christ, in Him. Thank God the Word of God locates us and tells us where we are. Location, location, location. We are in Christ. Now, you may think tonight, well, you don't know my financial circumstances, or you don't know uh, where my health is, or you don't know what I'm dealing with, with my family, or, or the difficulties in my life. Now, they may be our circumstances in life tonight, but we are in a better location as believers. We are in Christ. Our lo we may have some adverse circumstances, but we are located. Our location is in a far greater place because you and I as God's people are in Christ. And there's always hope in Christ. But like that little red arrow on the map, you and I need to be able to locate ourselves. And so I, I brought an illustration here to help locate us. <clears throat> you are here as believers in Jesus Christ uh, we are in Christ. I want you to say it again tonight, in Christ. Yeah. See, we can say, well, you don't know what I'm going through, but you are in Christ. You can say, well, I feel so low, but you are in Christ. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but you are in Christ. You may think to yourself, but you don't know what people are doing to me, but you are in Christ. Uh, you may say, but you don't know what the devil is throwing at me, but you are in Christ. Tonight, we may have all kinds of circumstances against us, but we have to locate ourselves. It is so critical uh, to locate ourselves. Uh, 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 in the midst of our circumstances because you and I, uh, as believers in Jesus Christ, are in Him. We are in Christ. Colossians 3, verse 2 and 3 says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth, for you died to this life, and your real life 
is hidden with Christ in God. Now, what a great and beautiful picture this is, that our real life is hidden with Christ in God. See, that word hidden literally means kept secret. See, sometimes uh, when the devil is looking for all times, when the devil is looking for us, uh, he has to go through Jesus uh, to get to us. And in him, we are kept safe. We are in Christ. And this is why no weapon formed against us will prosper because we, our life is hidden with Christ in God. Say it, location, location, location. And say, I am in Christ. We have to locate ourselves. This will, this will do so much for us when we're going through things. Locate ourselves. Remind ourselves, I am in Christ. My life, my real life is kept secret. It's hidden with Christ in God. Now, the second thing we need to realize if we're going to walk in more is the power of our attitude. Attitude is so critical, and our attitude will determine the outcome of our life. There's, a, there's an old and, and probably overused phrase, but it's true. Our attitude determines our altitude. Our attitude determines uh, how high we will go. A negative attitude is one of the major things that will hinder us from realizing our dreams, our desires, and achieving our destiny. And sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't know. I've always been this way, probably always will be this way. But we don't have to be the same old, same old. Can somebody say that's right? Our attitude comes from either knowing or not knowing who we are, or forgetting who we are. And the Bible tells us again and again to remember, and the reason why it tells us to remember is so that we can know who we are in Him. And see, that attitude is a mindset that takes precedence over all the other negative facts. And this is why some people are able to work a crummy job and yet, it doesn't keep them down. You know why? It's because they have a, a, an attitude. And that is, this, this is my job. I need it to pay the bills, but it is not my life. My real life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, I know, I, and I have heard, and I've even heard it preached, and I, I understand the sentiment behind it, where it said, you know, if you're, if you're working a job you, you, you don't like, then you need to, to get into that job that you have a, a, a desire for, a passion for, and something that makes you, and when you wake up in the morning, uh, jump out of bed, inspired, and all of that, well, I understand the sentiment behind that, but you know what? I also uh, live in a, in a world and deal with people all the time who work jobs that they may not just absolutely in the morning spring out of bed thinking, oh my gosh, I get to go to my job again today. Now, now some of us, 
That is, that is a reality. But there are others where the job is, you know what it is? It's a job. It's work. It's something. That, and, and, you know, I, I would encourage you to, to try to find something you like better. But don't quit the one you got. Uh, to, to go just launch out into that one unless you've got a clear mandate from God. And I mean a, a thus saith God, quit this job, and then don't, don't you, you look and apply and, and try to better yourself and all of that, but don't stop what you got until you got something to replace it. Can somebody say that sounds, that sounds all right? But see, our jobs are not our... That's not our whole life. There may be hours of time that's spent there, but it's not our real life with God. And what I'm talking about, and this is why uh, I have friends that I can show you in Africa who they have uh, real hardship in their lives. They, they uh, live with infinitely less than all of us here in this place, and yet they live with a, a sense of real joy in their life. You say, why is that? It's because they recognize that even though they are, there are hardships and they may be going through struggle, that their real life is hidden with Christ in God. Sometimes I think you and I need an attitude adjustment. Sometimes I need an attitude adjustment. Anybody with me in that? Yeah. Need an attitude adjustment. You know, Paul, I think it's in 1 Corinthians, was writing to slaves one time, and he says, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he says, if you're a slave, don't worry about it. He says, if you, and he advises them, if you can be free and get free, and if you're set free from your slavery, then do that and, and be free. He didn't tell them ever to escape but he says if you, if, if you are enslaved and can be free, if they will set you free, then use it for the Lord. But he said uh, if not, he counsels them, don't worry about it because your life is more than just what you do. And God help us to know, you know, thankfully, we are not in that place tonight. But sometimes we may feel that we are almost uh, in our life because of our circumstances enslaved. And God help us to realize tonight that our real life is much more than the jobs that we work or the houses that we live in or the cars that we drive uh, or the clothes that are on our backs. Our real life is hidden with Christ in God. Last thing, finally tonight. Now, when I say finally, I, I shouldn't. I try not to say that. You know, when preachers say it, it gets your hope up. But I, I got a few more minutes, so give me time. Just strike that out of your mind. Finally, <laughs> knowing what the Word of God says about us will cause us to walk in more. This is really important. Jesus understood who he was from the Word of God. And I'm talking about Jesus. Uh, he was the Word of God, the eternal Word of God. He was, uh, he is, and he always will be. He is the eternal God. But as he was a man on the earth, uh, 
he located himself by the Word of God. He knew he, who he was uh, through what the Word of God said of him. When Satan tempted him in the wilderness uh, and said, If you are the Son of God, Three or so times uh, Satan tempted him saying, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God. Jesus didn't defend himself. He responded by the Word of God and, uh, and overcame the enemy and that temptation through the Word of God. He knew who he was and what he was supposed to do because he knew the Word, didn't he? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 7 and this is writing about Jesus. It says, Then I said, speaking of Jesus, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. This is why Jesus uh, uh, in the garden of Gethsemane was prayed that prayer. Uh, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will is be done because he knew what was written of him and what was to be done by him. And because he knew what the Word of God said about him, he surrendered himself to the will of God. He knew who he was by the Word. In Luke chapter 4, verse 17 through and 18, and then verse 20 and 21, I just kind of pieced this together for the sake of time. But it says when Jesus, and this is when Jesus started in his ministry, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he continued by saying, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, uh, to preach uh, deliverance to the captive, and all of those things. And then in verse 20 he said, uh, it says that he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And I love this statement. And the eyes of all those who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. They knew, they sensed something was coming. And then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Don't you like that? Jesus knew what the Bible said about him. He knew his purpose. He knew what God's Word said about him. And he was who he was and did what he did because it was written of him. Now tonight, when we say what God says about us, it releases power in us. When we agree with what the Word says about us, something miraculous begins to happen. You know what happens? We become more. In Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is living and powerful. How many of you believe that tonight? God's Word, the Word of God, is living and powerful. You know, that's the exact opposite of what a lot of people in the world think about God's Word. A lot of people think that God's Word, the Bible, is just an old dusty book of fables and poetry and history and witty sayings and not relevant for today. But can I tell you something tonight? Nothing could be further from the truth. God's Word is living and powerful. And when you and I get born again, when we receive Christ into our lives, that Word begins to be living and powerful in us. It becomes alive. When I was a, a new believer, I'd only been saved for a couple of months, 
I was in college in Flagstaff, and it was spring break. And I was flying back to Alabama to be with uh, my family and visit, and, and they had not, they had, I told them I'd gotten saved and all that, but I was looking forward to going and letting them see, you know, <laughs> see what had happened. And so I'm, I'm on my way flying back, and I had a, a, a plane change in O'Hare in Chicago. And this is back in 1975. And you, know, you remember, this is way before security and all that. And O'Hare always had the Hare Krishna guys in, in the airport. And anybody that used to fly through O'Hare back in those days remembers, you know, they'd be doing the, the, their, their thing. And so I was uh, going through there, and I had been uh, from uh, a weird background. And so I thought, you know, maybe I can relate to this guy. I went up. <clears throat> I'd only been saved for, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of months, and so, but I thought I needed to share Jesus with him. <clears throat> so I went up to this guy and started talking to him and said, you know what, Jesus changed my life and s- stuff like that. And he started saying, <coughs> but you know, there are many approaches or paths to God. <clears throat> and so uh, he's talking about all that, and I thought, well, uh, yeah, I said, no, you know, Jesus, Jesus is the way, you know, Jesus. And I was a new believer, and I really didn't know how to re- respond to him because I was just brand new but didn't know the Bible very well, and really it, it wasn't very powerful what I spoke to him. I just ended up pr- just kind of walking away in frustration and said, Jesus loves you, you know, and just walked away. And so I got on the, got on the plane, and I was praying about this. I said, you know, God, I I really kind of made a, feel like I made a mess of things there. I didn't. I know that you're the only way, but I don't know. I don't know how to say it, or I don't know uh, what what to do. And God just just helped me. And I opened up a Christian book that I was reading at that time. And right as I began to read that Christian book, this verse was written in that book: First Timothy chapter two, verse five. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, men, the man, Christ Jesus. Now, when I read that verse of Scripture, it was a direct answer to prayer that I had just prayed about the Word of God, and, and, and God helped me. I got so excited on that flight <clears throat> realizing that God had answered that prayer so quickly and so directly, and I began to realize something about God's Word. It is living and powerful. Somebody say it's powerful. So how do we get God's Word to be more powerful in our lives? What activates that Word of God in our lives is when we speak it. Listen to me for a while longer. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now that is awesome. The Bible says that when we confess Jesus as Lord, it activates the salvation that he paid for in our lives, and it becomes alive in us. And that is exactly what happened when we got born again. 
when we got saved. Uh, when I got saved, I didn't know what was going to happen after I prayed that prayer. I simply responded and prayed a very simple prayer and asked Jesus to forgive me, and I declared him as Lord. But something, as I prayed that prayer and believed in my heart, Something happened miraculously, and that salvation of Jesus that he paid for 2,000 years ago was activated in my heart and life, and I got S-A-V-E-D saved. Amen. And you see, that happens as we confess him, doesn't it? As we confess him as Lord, what he paid for becomes active when we speak. If we want more in our lives, we need to agree with and speak what God says about us. Got several examples for you before we pray. We, we need to speak what God says about our futures. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, God is speaking. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. How many know tonight God is thinking about you? God is thinking about us, and this is what God says. This is the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. They are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And there are times where we may think, you know, well, the future just doesn't look that bright. You know, if you watch the news, it, it is dis, disheartening, and it is, can be almost discouraging about the future of, of the nation, the future of the world, and the, the uh, conditions in the world. But God says in the midst of what's going on in the nation, in the nations of the world, I have thoughts about you. And they are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. No matter what's going on around us in the world, you and I can have a confession and a profession of faith, and that is God is thinking good thoughts about me and has a good future for me and hope. Somebody say, I'm hoping. We have to... We have to speak about our future, that that God speaks. We, God's Word says things about our faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, God has dwelt, dealt to everyone or to each one a measure of faith. There are times where we may feel like, you know, I just don't feel like I have that much faith in my life or I feel like faith is at a low ebb inside of me. But listen, and look what the Word of God says about us. He has dealt to each of us a measure of faith. That means we have it. Whether we feel like we've got it or not, we've got it, and we need to begin to speak what God's Word says about us. I've got faith. You've got faith. It's active in you. And that faith, as Jesus said, is a grain of mustard seed, a little tiny mustard seed will move mountains. That faith that He has implanted in our lives as He's dealt it to us will move mountains. And we need to re rely on, agree with, and speak what God says about our faith, our finances. Third John in verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Say all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. In our lives, God's will is to help us. 
in every area, including our finances. And finally tonight, God's Word has something to say about everything. Everything. About everything that happens in our lives. God's Word has something, and this is what we need to remember, Romans 8, 28. We know, I want you to say, I know it. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. What that means is that in our life, no matter what is going on around in our life, around in our world, God is able to work within that to cause all things to work together for good. All things are not good. The Bible doesn't say all things are good, but it does say all things He can cause miraculously to work together for our good. Those things that the devil attacks us with and throws against us, God can turn around and use those to actually defeat the enemy himself. That's how we become more than conquerors through Christ as God takes those very things Satan would use against us and turn them around and attack the devil. Thank God tonight we are not less than, we are more than. We are more than. We are more than conquerors through Him. We are in Christ. Say it again tonight. I'm in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Now, tonight, if you're here and you've never been born again or you've been away from God, and tonight you want to receive His forgiveness, it was paid for, it was already purchased 2,000 years ago, but how we activate that in our lives is to receive Him into our lives and confess Him as Lord. When we do that, something miraculous happens. That salvation is activated in our life and forgiveness comes. Tonight, through this building, nobody looking around just for a moment, if you've never been saved, never asked Christ to come into your life, or you've been away from Him and you just want to pray and, and uh, receive uh, forgiveness and just sense that, that He would already has accomplished in your life, but maybe you'd strayed away from it. You just want to sense uh, uh, that cleansing tonight by the blood of Jesus Christ. Nobody looking around, just raise your hand up in acknowledgement. You want to be included in this prayer all across this building. Just raise it up where I can see and agree with you in prayer. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. All right, let's stand at our feet tonight. We're going to pray together. I want you all to pray this with me. If you'll just pray this out loud with me. Let's bow our head and close our eyes and just agree and let's pray together right now. Just pray this out loud with me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you gave your life so that I can have life. I confess you as Lord of my life. And I thank you that in you, through you, I am more. I locate myself in you. Because I'm in you, I am more than my circumstances. I am 
what the Word of God says I am. I am more than a conqueror through you who love me. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Just give the Lord a clap off and let's thank Him.